Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. Oh, Marinella, I know it's only been a few days since I last saw you, but I already miss you dearly. Me too. I have the blues. (laughs) I do too. I miss... We... It's... You know, it's tough to get together. We all have busy lives, but we do make it a priority once a year. And this year was tough because two of the women in our group recently had children and weren't able to make it. And then a third actually got COVID like the day of our trip and wasn't able to make it. So there's only five of us this year. Party of five. Yeah. And like I spend so much time looking forward to it that now that I'm back, I'm like, sounds depressing, but I'm like, what do I have to live for? (laughs) (laughs) I I do. what am I looking forward to now? (laughs) (laughs) What's the point of going on if we don't have another girl's trip? (laughs) Let's start planning Um, it now so I can have some hope, people. Oh my goodness. Yes, we do need to get on that. Um, We usually do lay the groundwork for our next trip during the trip that we're currently on, but we didn't do that this year. I'm assuming because we were missing three of us, but still it does, um, does provide a little hope for the remainder of 2022 and beginning of 2023. So yeah, we, we need to get on that. Yeah, definitely. I'll start, start drafting. As a sign from the gods above, uh, Martha came to us, uh, both (laughs) as a ball of shard hard at the grocery store and as the maker of the patio furniture at our Airbnb. Uh, So it was it was kismet that we got to finally try some Martha Stewart's 19 crime shard hard. What were your uh, tasting notes and thoughts? You hadn't had alcohol in six months when you got a little a little sip of martha yeah like i basically like dipped my tongue into the wine very briefly and uh it was it was good it was it was a uh unoaked chardonnay i would describe it as a crisp finish yes 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 and what was it you said about uh tasting of linens fresh uh yes linens clean sheets um i don't know i probably went really off the deep end with it but you know yeah you said mittens you did mention it finished with a couple notes of jail um but uh, (laughs) i would agree yeah i would it did have that it did Mm. yes if you can imagine You can imagine what that tastes like. Um, No, it was a very clean Chardonnay. I'm not a Chardonnay person, but I did somewhat enjoy it. And a couple of our girlfriends, Amanda, who is a Chardonnay gal, said it was a really good one. Oh, I didn't even know she was a Chardonnay gal. That's why I was like even more impressed that she liked it because I thought she was just a pink Moscato gal. (laughs) Yes. That is true, but I think when they don't have pink Moscato at the restaurant, Chardonnay is on the short list of things she'll drink. Yeah, and the bottle did talk, although I feel as though the rest of the uh, 19 Crimes criminals actually talk about their crime, and I noticed that Martha did not say a goddamn word about a crime. She was probably just like, we're going to move on from this. 
<laughs> yeah, she did. She just had like a couple of pre-recorded phrases. It was still both cool and a little disturbing to hear her talk to us as we were drinking from her bottle of wine. Uh, but no, she didn't describe her crime, which was kind of sad. I would have loved to have heard a bit of a white collar criminal's take on their offense. Uh, but we did not get to hear that. Yeah. Hmm. That's okay. One day she's going to tell us all about it. Yeah. When we have her on the podcast as our first <laughs> guest. Uh, moving yeah. along. <laughs> we have an Instagram now. What's that Instagram there? No, Alex, we know I can't say it. Prim and proper podcast. All right. I will link it as usual. And we did take some photos. We're not... Like, we're not professionals. We forget to update the gram. Uh, but we did take a couple of photos when we were in Charleston. And I think you put a couple of them up on the gram. Yeah. I mean, I have my own personal Instagram and I have that Instagram. And sadly, I have an Instagram for my dog, Marley. And Marley is the most liked thing of all of them. So I think I'm just going to start putting her on our Instagram for the pod. I mean, you should uh, and see if we yeah. can get some of those Marley followers onto ours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but we also have an email address, which is primandproperpod at gmail.com. And uh, we have gotten some questions, but we've been eliciting questions this month because the very last episode of June, we are doing Ask a Lesbian with you answering all of our listeners questions so if you haven't had it blah, 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 let me redo that if you haven't had a chance uh you still have time to email us and uh we'll be recording that let me see what date we'll be recording it should have looked that up so that i could have been announcing that but i don't i don't think ahead to these things i feel like um, it's the 27th 28th 28th probably mm-hmm. yeah so get them in by then all right. Yeah, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be about sex exclusively or, you know, flannel. It doesn't have to be about. <laughs> <laughs> Although you should ask about flannel. <laughs> so far, the questions are about flannel, Subarus, and cats. <laughs> well, Nothing else. Okay, well, that's all you need to know. Um, okay, I think that is all the housekeeping we have today. We are kind of an extension of last week's episode, going to keep talking about some of our favorite queer people. And mm-hmm. would you like to have the honors of kicking us off? Yes, I will start with um, one of the, to me, one of the people that I recognized as gay, even as a child, although they weren't out and about, Jodie Foster. Oh, yes. I always kind of had vibes that she might Oh, definitely. Be. Yeah. Massive vibes. And what was that movie? Little Man Tate? I think I remember watching that movie when I was young. And I'm like, Jodie Foster, she's doing something for me as a child. But I picked her because she kind of refused to make a big coming out story. Like, I, I feel like she was on an award show and she said, like, I'm not doing this like I'm not gonna make this big coming out story just because I'm a celebrity and like it used to be a nice thing for somebody to be able to like keep it personal and tell people slowly and all that kind of stuff and she's like I'm just not here to do that and I feel like that's accurate for how I would want to do it even if I was a celebrity 
Yeah, I think there's this pressure to if you if you are somebody that has influence, whether you're like a celebrity, you're just I don't know have a social media following or whatever. There is this kind of responsibility that you have to be very vocal and use your platform to raise awareness and lift up other people. And I do think people should do that. But I also think coming out is a very private and personal matter and I think it's also okay not to use your celebrity and, and you know and, and leverage that to make a bigger story about it if that's not what you're comfortable doing or want to do I you know all those experiences and approaches are totally valid in my opinion yeah and like she described like I already did that like I already came out so it doesn't make sense for me to do it just so that the public knows when it's not really what it's about for me. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. cool that she did that. Yeah, for sure. So what's your favorite Jodie Foster movie? Oh, I don't know. I feel like she kind of fell off a bit. So I'm thinking I'm going to stick with Lil Man Tate. That's it. Mm, right that's there. A, I know yeah. she's not. I, I know she's not the highlight of the movie, but she's pretty... <laughs> center prime <laughs> yeah 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 i uh i mean i have to say mine is probably a silence of the lambs which is the cliched response but it's just such a good movie and she is so good in it um yeah so this is not really a jody store uh jody foster story but when i do think of jody foster i don't even know why this memory you know sometimes something so random and small happens, but for some reason it just like imprints a memory on your mind 30 years yeah. later. Yeah. So Ashley and I used to ride our bikes down to the 99 cent movie theater at the Promenade Mall. They, you know, the one where you would give them a dollar and they'd give you a penny back. Um, yeah. And we used to, uh, you know, we used to sneak into movies. I remember going to see Private Parts there, the Howard Stern Ooh. movie. And. We were reminiscing this weekend that I think we saw Dumb and Dumber like 10 times in the summer of 94 at that theater. It was it was a little obsessive. But anyways, one time we were there, I don't even remember what movie we were going to see, but there were two older women ahead of us in line and that movie Nell was coming out with Jodie Foster in it. I don't even know what it's oh, about. Oh, yeah. I just remember these two women and the one woman was convinced that the movie was called Hell because of the way, you know, you know, I'm like a movie theater marquee, how like the N and H kind of look alike. (laughs) She just kept saying, why are we seeing Hell? Can't we see a different movie? They were like having a mini fight over the pronunciation of this movie. And that's, and, uh, that's what you got from Silence of the Lambs, huh? Yeah, and this is what I remember of Jodie. When, when people say Jodie Foster, this is the memory that comes to mind. Those <laughs> two little women, older women, fighting over the pronunciation of, of the movie Nell. That's how they get it. That's how, you know, that was probably planted that way so that there would be an argument, so that there would be something to talk about, so that you would remember yeah, I mean, right. You're you're probably right. Like back in the day, before things would go viral online, you had to have like really clever marketing campaigns so that things would kind of have their own little hubbub in the town. And maybe that was 
can you imagine all of small town America going to the theater and not knowing if the movie was Nell or Hell? <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. We have to do this. Yes. <laughs> Only yeah. at the 99 cent theater, though. Don't take them to the expensive one, please. No. <laughs> um, well, my first person is somebody who came out uh, in kind of a more in your, I don't want to say in your face way, because I don't mean that, but someone who came out at kind of what could have been the, you know, like their star rising point of their career and it. And it might have cost them everything to come out at that time. Um, I'm referring to Little Nas X. I don't know mm. if you were a fan of his. But uh, if you recall, in the summer of 2019, let me take you back three years, when Old Town, <laughs> wow. yeah. Old Town Road was number one on the air, <laughs> number one on the airwaves, and all the kids were... I don't know what the kids were doing. Country line dancing to it. I don't know. I've, I've lost the lead on this. But anywho, at the peak of like Old Town Road success, Little Nas X decided to publicly come out. And I feel like for the most part, thankfully, fans were very supportive. But he did get quite a bit of, you know, kind of backlash from, I think, both the hip hop community and some from the country community because... You know, at least certainly within hip hop, there's been more of a conversation on kind of the homophobia that can exist within that world and that style of music. Um, and I feel like he's kind of pushing the envelope and he's used his success to, you know, again, start a conversation around that, expand people's idea of what hip hop can be. And I think those are all really cool things. Um, but it also could have like really been the end of his career. You know, like if fans, if, yeah. if the majority of fans hadn't stuck by him and embraced him, like that might have been it, which is, um, it's gutsy. And I have to really kind of commend him for that. And I think like the fans probably set the tone for how other artists and stuff are going to act too. So like maybe once fans are kind of more accepting or even excited or happy, then maybe the artists kind of lighten up about it too. But I think that if fans perceived it poorly, even if the hip hop community, like, you know, producers and all that, they would have just been like, well, the fans don't like it. We're going to go ahead and ride that, you know? Totally. Fans do have a lot of power in that way. Um, I mean, because, right, I mean, look, it's a little bit of a capitalist world. So, uh, you know, if people are buying your records, buying your concert tickets, you know, selling out your tour, uh, you know you're being embraced and accepted the record labels kind of have to accept you because you're making them yeah. money you know and it's so yeah the, that is one way the fans can have a lot of power and it's scary because that also means that they could be bigoted and reject you and you know yeah that could have been a path but thankfully that was not the way it went for him yeah the music's too good man you can't deny it so too good who cares about your sexuality? Right? And he's definitely not a one-hit wonder. Like, the whole Montero album is so good. So I'm very excited to see what the future holds for him. Me too. <laughs> uh, my next person is um, 
Cynthia Nixon. Yes. From Sex in the City. Oh, I Because I always thought, like, watching, like, ever since I started watching Sex in the City and I rewatched it recently, I was like, how do they not cast this woman as a lesbian? Like, what the hell? Have you watched the, um, what's the new one that catches up with them that just came out last year? I, th- I think it's called And There They Were or There They Are or something like that. I've watched yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, you have. So you know, and I guess spoiler alert for fans, but again, like this came out last year. She kind of gets a little bi-curious and has sex with a new woman character on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, which I love her too. But I, I just think it's interesting that she kind of identifies more as that now as bisexual whereas like now she has i think she has a partner that's a woman now but she said if if she had met this partner 20 years ago she doesn't know whether she would have gone for it or she would have been like completely no so she's very much into like the timing of things like how would i known i would be into her 20 years ago if i had met her maybe i wouldn't have but now i am so everything is just kind of like changing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah interesting um when sex in the city was airing back back in the day would you consider yourself a miranda or who would you most identify with or no no one at all i don't know was i miranda i guess she seemed like she was looking for something more i guess i don't know i probably was a mix of all of them yeah, I mean, I think I saw a little bit of myself in each of them. I think I most identified with Miranda, though. Yeah. Just, like, wanting a career and kind of wanting D- to... Definitely not Charlotte. Not Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not a Charlotte. No offense to the Charlottes out there. I wish I had that Charlotte energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also... I used to want to be a... Um, Oh my gosh, what was Sarah Jessica Parker's name? Why can't I think of her character's name? Carrie. I used to want to be a Carrie, but uh, now when I go back and I rewatch old episodes, I'm like, oh no, I'm so unlike her and would not want to be like her. I actually think now I identify most with Samantha. Yeah. I'm like, yes, this woman had it right. High-powered career. Does not care about a man getting in the way of whatever it is that her, is driving her that particular day. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, anything else uh, do you want to say about Cynthia before I hop into my next one? No, that's it. I just wanted to say I had a feeling, C- Cynthia, and here we are. <laughs> is this entire episode going to be about all the women who you're like, I knew before they publicly came out. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good at that in real life, and I feel like TV just kind of magnifies it, so. <laughs> it's real. Um, well, my next one is another SNL alum. Not not maybe at the uh, Kate McKinnon level yet, but I think is a very promising cast member, Bowen Yang. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think... Um, <laughs> I just think he's one of the funniest ones on the show right now. And I often feel he's like stealing the scenes when he's in an episode. 
Uh, I used to, and I'm sad because 80s left. I used to love the trend forecasters with him and 80. Um, yeah. They just were so adorable together. But also the skit of his that I've rewatched a couple of times that I think is just so funny. He created a character that's the iceberg that the Titanic hit, but he plays like the <laughs> iceberg and, and talks yeah. about it from talks about the whole sinking of the ship from his perspective he's like i was just minding my own business and then something took off a piece of my ass <laughs> there was a and i don't even like want to ruin some of the funniest parts of that um so if you haven't seen it just just go onto youtube or google snl bowen yang titanic and that will come up I don't know how I don't know about this shit already. I'm a Titaniac. I mean, what the hell? Oh, my God. You are. You need to get on this. It is it is hilarious. I will try to link that in the episode notes. Um, it is just such a funny sketch. And I think he, um, I think it's his concept. Like, he came up with it. Okay. Has he done anything outside of SNL that I would like? have seen because i feel like it's probably he's either coming up on that time or he's gonna start like branching out or it started yeah i think he has done some stuff although i'm not sure of what exactly uh and i do suspect he's it, like in the next couple of years we're gonna see him in a lot of things i just i feel like that's his trajectory as well yeah okay i'm excited to see where he ends up that's all Indeed. uh my next person is Lily Tomlin. Oh. The o the OG. Yeah. What was um what was her name is Fritz Miss Frizzle Miss Frizzle on the Magic School yeah. Bus. Yeah. But she's had like a partner since the 70s since you know like I don't know you just don't hear that kind of longevity and a lot of to- a lot of times it's not like you know, advertise from celebrities that they've been with somebody for like 50, 60 years. And it's, I think she's probably like the inspiration for a lot of what we want. We're like, please, God, just give me my lifelong lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. I don't think I, I knew that she had a long-term partner. I don't think I realized how long they've been together. Her partner's not in Hollywood, right? They don't. No. Yeah. She does something else, which is probably the That's, secret to like a Hollywood romance lasting. It's like one of you has to be like not in the spotlight. Does the other one become famous by association then? It's like now you're a celebrity because you're dating or married to a celebrity. But I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. She's great. She's great in Grace and Frankie. Like, yes. I love that show. I shouldn't probably laugh so hard at some of the old people things, but I'm like. I'm there. I'm already there. <laughs> no, that show is so good. And um, what's her name that plays her counterpart in Grace and Frankie and Jane Fonda? Oh goodness, Jane Fonda. Thank you. And they were in yep. Nine to Five together with. Um, wow, I'm really uh, as usual. Dolly Parton. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm winning at the trivia. Hold it. <laughs> yes, I love the chemistry of all three of them together, but uh, but yeah, they're just like amazing together. And I'm glad that they've done projects at different points in their lives together as well. 
Yeah, I think they did something else together, but I can't remember what it is. They did, and I'm trying to think of what it is too. Like this isn't the, this isn't uh, just the second time. They I, they've done a handful of things together throughout the years, which is mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just adorable. But yeah, I I picked her just for tenure. You know, like you know, these long-standing, stable lesbians hasn't changed your mind. <laughs> Hasn't gone running to a man, you know. Some of us do hang in there. <laughs> what did you call them? Hasbians? She's no hasbian. Yeah. No, no hasbian. Oh, Lily Tomlin, you are a gem. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, just a gem. Um, okay, so my next woman is another comedian, because apparently I just love lots of comedians and if i could put women comedian on every list possible i will do it uh do you know mm-hmm. who ting nataro is <gasps> that was gonna be my next one. Oh my god we could talk about ting together then yeah i love her okay share your favorite parts <laughs> <laughs> i like her hair and her eye. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I just love her, her sense of humor is like very dry, but she also doesn't yes. beat around the bush about like serious matters in her own life, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Did you see her stand up where, so she had breast cancer and had a double mastectomy and she has a stand up where she like pulls back her shirt and reveals like the double mastectomy scars. Have you seen that? Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Mm -mm. Yeah, I feel like she kind of does take some of those issues like head on. Um, And again, just someone who, you know, I'm amazed by women who can take very traumatic personal things, share their stories, whether it be in like a comedy or whether it be putting it on a sign and attending like, you know, a pro-abortion march. I just... It saddens me that that is kind of the way the world has to work, but it also, I just always, um, I don't know, inspired by women who tell their stories and like find power in whatever their story is, you know, because obviously I'm sure she went through some really tough treatments. I'm sure we talked about breasts and the figure of a woman being like so um, part of like femininity and womanhood before on this podcast and you know she had Mm -hmm. to have a double mastectomy but yet she's like embracing it and sharing it and there's no shame in it and just trying to normalize what you have to go through if you get breast cancer yeah and like I think she she said that you know she ignored pain a lot she did a lot of that where she was just like oh and she even makes jokes about it she's like well, something hurt on me, so, like, you know, naturally I just ignored it. And then when I couldn't walk, my wife was like, I'll drive you to the ER, you know what I mean? Like, she just is very quick to admit that now that when she feels pain, she doesn't ignore it. And I think she switched to, like, a totally vegan lifestyle, and it, um, I think... Oh my God, is Tig one of us, as in one of me? She's one of you. She's one of you and she's one of me. She's like a little hybrid. Tig. But yeah, I think she she Uh. like declined chemo and I think she went vegan as like to keep her hormones or something. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm. 
Uh, have you ever seen, it was a series on Funny or Die and on YouTube, but it's Under a Rock with Tig Notaro. Did you ever see that? No. Oh my God. There's only like 10 or 12 episodes, but basically Tig self-admittedly doesn't know a lot of celebrities. Like she doesn't know what they look like, who they are. She doesn't watch, I guess, a lot of movies or television shows and just doesn't get a lot of pulp pop culture references so it's well-known like famous actors who come on and like you and i recognize them immediately and she has no clue who they are and they like give her (laughs) clues and it's so funny like james vanderbeek (laughs) is one of them and she has like no clue what dawson's creek is and he's like signaling (laughs) to her and she's like are you sure you're really famous he's like i was kind of well known in the 90s It's just so good. And there's like, like I said, there's about 10 episodes um, that you can find on YouTube and they are, they're worth it. And her total like dry sense of humor comes out because she's like, I don't know. No, you're not. Under a rock. Okay. Yeah. You know, I knew she was funny because I watched it with my mom and my mom does not get a lot of humor and she laughed her ass off at Tignataro. I was like, you're understanding this? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. High yeah. praise from Mama Mazzucato. Yeah, in. normally has to be an Italian comedian, and I have to be talking about like donkeys <laughs> or, you know, other Sicilian proverbs. She got, she got them. <laughs> Use the O at the end of her name. Man, oh yeah, fooled her, <laughs> lulled her into thinking it was perhaps an Italian woman. Yeah. And then before she realized. She, Tig was not an Italian woman. She was already laughing. Yeah. The damage was done. <laughs> oh. Well, um, I'm sorry I took one of yours, but who do you have next? Uh, I think that leaves me with one left, and it is uh, Sue Perkins from The Great British Bake Off. Do you know who she is? <laughs> Let me There's a lot a of little... gay people on that show. <laughs> I have only seen that show a handful of times. And the reason why is when I go to see my dentist, that is the show they play on the TV while they're like filling my cavity. And so... What the hell? That's cruel. It is, right? First off, I'm like, why are you playing a show about baking with sugar at your dental office are you wanting us to all get more cavities and therefore come back and have to get more dental work like is this the scam you're running and that's why you play the great british baking show i I feel like that's maybe it it could be however i feel like anybody that i've talked to about the great british baking show has like i put it on before i go to bed and i sleep wonderful it's calming it's soothing so maybe they're like let's Mm. put it on for these people so they don't freak out while we're drilling their teeth (laughs) well it doesn't work (laughs) now i freak out when i see the show recommended on my netflix i have a panic attack i'm like (gasps) no oh my god uh so i know who mary berry is but i don't think i could name you anyone else on the show (laughs) that's okay she was one of the like um she wasn't one of the judges. She was like one of like the funny co-hosts that's like opens mm. up whatever. And oh, yeah, yeah. she told her like her she told her like coming out story as like when when she she called her she called her mom and she's like, "Mom, we need to talk." And her mom was like, 
do you need to tell me that you're gay or is there something really wrong? And she was like pissed that her mom like stole her moment. And I just thought that would be like the best response for telling somebody that you're gay. And she was pissed off because she didn't get like her reaction that she was hoping mm-hmm. for. Like she was going to have this whole moment. <laughs> but she's a funny lady. And that's a good part of why I started watching the show was for her comedy. Nice. Is she still on or is she kind of rotated out of? Because I feel like they rotate the host every couple of seasons or am I wrong? Yeah, she's out. I don't even know who's on there. There's been some like rock star looking dude and the bald guy from Bridesmaids, the British bald guy from Bridesmaids that's like the brother Oh, or something. I guess it's time for me to make another dental appointment. The last time I saw it was the, the rock the guy that has like the eyeliner and looks kind of like he's a uh, in a rock band. He was the host. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Mary Berry's not on there. No. There's some other lady. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess that's a sign. It's been too long since I've been to the dentist for a cleaning. I will go schedule another one. <laughs> <sighs> well. Um, okay. My last person, although I have a did you know one after for us to talk about but the last person on my favorite queer people list is rachel maddow the msnbc journalist and host of the rachel maddow show it started as a radio show and now she's on that she's done podcasts she's like a new york times bestseller um she's just i think she has her doctoral degree in philosophy and um I feel like it shows her and and I I know part of this is like my political leanings like I'm obviously quite liberal so of course I'd probably watch her show but I don't know the way she kind of comes at a problem and how she reports it and the things that she's like you know these are things we should think about or people consider this or why are people not looking at from this angle Um, I feel like her background and philosophy really shines through in those moments and she just always seems to have an interesting take or perspective on what's being reported in the news because you know a lot of times I feel like when I turn on the news you kind of get the same punditry and, and people are saying the same stuff and you know it gets a little I don't know irritating I just always feel like she highlights something in a a unique and new way a way that i hadn't considered yeah i think i first heard about her from somebody who was hating on her mostly i think that's mm-hmm. most of my experience is somebody who's like god this rachel meadows is just like you know so far left or something like that and i i admittedly haven't heard a lot of what she has to say so um yeah, I've um, I've listened to her for quite a few years, but I really I think I got into her. I don't know how many years ago it was. Now she did a podcast and a book called Bagman, and it's about Spiro Agnew, who was vice president to. Um, oh my gosh, I forget all the names, and everyone that listens to the podcast is always guessing. Marinella, I'm gonna need you to get one more guess out of your bag of guesses. Who was Spiro uh, Agnew? Barack Obama. No. <laughs> um, Nixon. Richard Nixon. He was oh, vice okay. president well, of Richard fuck. Nixon. <laughs> but he, 
I mean, it's fascinating. He basically ran um, <laughs> like he uh, took bribes out of the White House. Like people, he literally had what's called bagman. Is like someone would come literally and drop off cash like at the White House, and then he would kind of influence a contractor bid to go a certain way. And it's very fascinating. It details. Um, like the whole you know I won't do it justice but that's where I really became in love with her was just listening to that podcast and kind of hearing her put the history of everything into context and tell the story and it was just really fascinating and my brain love for her started is that what you your nerd my nerd love for her started maybe that's a better way to phrase it yeah your nerd brain there you go all of the above because there is some cool brain in there too there oh wow and me or rachel rachel definitely me i'm not sure probably yeah probably does she have a podcast actively going on so or is it just no that was was like a limited series like 10 episodes 12 episodes um although i think she's working on a couple big projects i think they're actually making a movie or a tv show out of Bagman. Um, and I think she's got some other big projects that she's mentioned are coming down the pipeline, but I don't know what they are. So she's hitting a big too. She's having her moment. Her meadow moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. So I have a fun one for you. I did not realize this. We know I love space. We know this. We notice. <laughs> and we notice. <laughs> That's my poor Kate McKinnon impersonation. That's my poor Ashley Kate McKinnon right. impersonation. Right. Our friend Ashley, who impersonates Kate McKinnon, doing that character on SNL. But Ashley actually can nail it pretty well. She, yeah, she can. Yeah. Ashley would be, in another life, I think Ashley would be on SNL. I don't think it's her life ambition yeah. here, but in another life. Yeah, she she definitely would be the famous one of us all, yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, so we know that I love space. Back to my original point. Sally Ride is the first American woman in space. There were two Russian cosmonauts that were in space before Russia put in two women up before America could get one woman into space, but I digress. Uh, I had no idea that Sally Ride was a lesbian. She had been with the same partner for 27 years, and she only mm-hmm. came out posthumously. Like she, her, she was out, I guess, to her family and her closest like friends, um, and had this partner for 27 years, but never publicly. Uh, announced this and then when she passed I think she allowed her sister or family to disclose that she was a lesbian and it just I I don't know one I wanted to know if you had ever heard of her if you had ever um, known that there was already a lesbian in space before we were even born no I didn't know yeah I mean I think I know her name but I didn't know she was a lesbian I guess yeah. Well, she only passed away in 2012, and I'm not sure when her family disclosed this news. So it's um, 
it's not been known that long and she was on i forget she she flew on a couple of shuttle missions but i think 1983 was the first time she went into space so before like i said you and i were born um but it's just you know i i understand why she probably kept that private i have to imagine she would not have been given the opportunity to be the first woman in space if it was known that she was a lesbian, right? I mean, I, I have to imagine they were only planning to give that to a straight white woman. Uh, and so she probably... Yeah, not exactly part of the like image that they were going for back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I hope when people are learning about her now in school that that's something that's being talked about i think it's important that we tell her whole story i wonder if the you know she would have wanted the schools to talk about it or if she would have just been like "Mm, no that's a good point yeah I'm sure it's written down somewhere. I don't know. Once they're, once your family tells everybody you're out, I guess yeah. that's kind of... Her Wikipedia page has been updated, and we know that that shit's for life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to... We should start a Wikipedia page. That way it's really cemented in there. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's... <laughs> let's not do that. I'd like to put my early years on there. <laughs> oh, like, just start one. Not for the podcast, but just for your own self. Oh, yeah, just for my name. That actually would be really funny. (laughs) I was born in Connecticut. I probably would update it, like, yearly, just to make sure I'm getting all the good morsels in there. (laughs) And then when I kick the bucket and someone's like, oh, Marinella Mazzucato, what can we say about her? All they have to do is just pull it up. (laughs) Just your obituary can be a link to the Wikipedia page you've been keeping your whole life. Yeah. Well, anyway, I didn't want to steal this this lady's moment, but yeah. <laughs> but to your point, she may not want us talking about. It, so instead, we can talk about your Wikipedia page that we're going to launch this week. No, um, I, I just thought that was really interesting because I had known who she was, and even though um, I guess this information has been out for a couple of years, I only learned it recently. I saw it in some you know some list on the line that was like for pride month nine people you didn't know were gay <laughs> something like oh, that yeah. and she was on the list yeah. I was like oh I did not actually know that yeah I mean she's part of that age group and I just feel like probably a lot of people were gay and a lot of things are like omitted or taken out even like writers and stuff that probably were writing about their own like experiences I'm sure they were yeah, I saw on taken down. Saw on some of these same lists that Da Vinci was most likely gay man or at least bisexual and had intercourse with men, and I'd never heard or known that. Yeah, I think they say that about Michelangelo too. Yeah, that the one. guy that like you know statue of David. He was like obsessed with David. Oh, not the turtle. Uh, the turtle probably was gay as well. Let's be honest. <laughs> Hanging out with all those dudes in a sewer, pizza every night. I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> How much pizza could you eat? 
Oh, I guess on that note of the gay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> seems like a good note to end on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've got two more weeks of Pride episodes left, so tune in. Is that the right way? Tune in. Um, hit up Stay the Instagram. Tuned. Hit up the email. I think I said all the things. I'll see you on the Wordle tomorrow. Missy Marinella. Yeah. I mean, I'll put my phone number out there, too, if we need to get to that point. But just <laughs> utilize what we have. <laughs> Don't dox yourself. <laughs> what? No. Dox? Don't dox? You. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's like where all of your personal information gets leaked. Although, I guess you're starting your own Wikipedia page. So, you know, what does it matter? Yeah, it's going to go on there. So it's fine. <laughs> Your home address, social security, mother's maiden name. <laughs> Just get in touch with me, please. On Wikipedia. I'm on Bumble, Hinge, uh, <laughs> Tinder for when things get really bad. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, I just had a question, but, you know, I may need to save it for the Ask a Lesbian Week. Yeah, please. Save it up, please. Well, you have a great week. Listeners, have a great week. Catch you next time. See ya.